Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hello, Eric. Hey. All right, David. How you doing? I am doing great. I hope you're doing well as we wrap up our money <laughs> episode. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're about ready to head into the holidays. So I know everybody's excited about that. So this will likely be the last episode we record, at least the last episode that will go live in 2022. Yeah. So a uh, big milestone here. We're going to see a year flip over in the still relatively new Emerge Dynamics podcast. Yes, indeed. And this is this is a wrap up of our sessions on money. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't join. First thing you want to do is go listen to, well, listen to all the episodes, but if you can't do that right now, do that later, but just listen to the last two because we did a money part one and a money part two. This is going to be really what we say is money mechanics for people who run businesses. And we're getting a little bit into theory, but we're also trying to explain why as a business owner or manager in this day and age, you need to understand at least a little bit about what money is, what's happening to it, and where it might go in the future. Like we said in previous episodes, in a great, stable monetary system, you almost don't need to care about the theory. Because I know most business owners just say, I don't know the theory behind money. I just go make it. And, um, <laughs> and I can make a lot of it. And that's great. But when alternative forms of money start coming out, it can be very confusing. So we just need to understand those things. So that's what we're doing here. So I think we went through a little bit of theory, a little bit of history, all the way from barter up until the gold standard and central banks. We did that kind of in a whirlwind. I mean, if you think about how many minutes that was, about 30-minute tour between the two past episodes. So Eric, here we are up to kind of modern day. Yep. And yep. there's a central banking system, and there's a lot of money being printed right now. And throughout all currencies, all governments of the world pretty much are printing a lot of money. And this is causing a desire for alternative ways for us to pay each other. When we talk about the saleability of money and money being able to hold its value from one time period to the next, there are more and more people all over the world and all different currencies saying, wait a second, if I put my hard work and my value that I've created into a money, I'm not so sure I'm going to get the same money back out in the future. Right. So is there another way I could do this? And we could go back to the gold standard. The gold standard works pretty well. I mean, gold works incredibly well. It's like we said before, the challenge with the gold standard is that the gold standard, gold is heavy. Gold requires physical settlement. I can't interact with somebody in Australia in gold without having some kind of clearing broker who can clear this trade. And when we start having all these clearing houses, that results in centralization. We get central areas where gold is held, and people start getting a lot of motivation to start issuing more notes on the gold than there is gold. <laughs> and so if we go back to a gold standard, we would need to figure out a way to get around that. 
One more thing about the dollar. This is kind of a fun fact, Eric, most people don't realize before we go into Web 3.0. If you pull out, you may remember we talked about in the last episode about how the goldsmith would get the gold and he would essentially issue you an IOU that said he owes you the gold. And then people started trading the gold notes, they call them, right? Right. Around. That is still in place today. If you pull a dollar bill out of your wallet and you read on it, it says this note. Right. Is legal tender, I think, is the next word, right? It's a note. A note. We don't usually think of notes. guarantee by the the government of the United States of America that it is holding on your behalf some store of value equivalent to this note. Exactly. And we don't usually think this day and age about notes as like debt instruments. But if you've ever been to college, you probably signed a promissory note on your student loan, right? That's what it is. It's a So in the past... You could redeem that note for gold. Today, I think they'll probably just, you hand them a $20 bill, maybe they hand you back another $20 bill. There's nothing nothing backing it. But that's just an interesting thing when you read that on there. That's why that word is there on any of yeah. your bills. Here's a, here's a more crisp, brand new yeah. $20 bill. <laughs> for that old exact same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for various motivations, let's move now into Web 3.0 type stuff, Eric. So people started saying, well, could we do this better? Could we have some other way of having a more saleable form of money? Money that holds its value across time, across space. And that is where we enter this world of cryptocurrency. Yep. And we're going to talk, cryptocurrency is not the only thing in Web 3.0. It's not even the only thing in a blockchain. But I think cryptocurrency is what started to get the public attention. Yep. And, and I think people started to say, And so for a long time, we could have, we had computers where we could have said, hey, Eric, I'm going to keep a ledger here and I'm going to say that I sent you $10 or maybe 10 David coins, emerge coins, we'll call them. And then your computer could say, okay, now David has sent Eric 10 emerge coins. Eric now has 10 more emerge coins. David has 10 less emerge coins. That technology has existed for a few decades now, at least. And and in fact, all the banks of the world use software like that. But what they rely on is a central ledger. And they rely on a party that we all trust to keep this ledger and not manipulate it. And so one of the geniuses of, so I think the first, there may have been, I can't speak authoritatively about this, but maybe the first at least use of anything in Web 3.0, at the time we didn't even know it was called Web 3.0, but Anything in the crypto space was Bitcoin. That's what really got public attention, where today it's a household name. You can say Bitcoin in almost any household in America today, any household in the world, and they'll at least know, they've at least heard of it. They might not understand it, but they've heard of it. And the genius of it is that it created this distributed ledger. And we won't get into the mechanics of it here, but it is really a marvel of technology in code, really, that allowed parties who don't know each other and don't even trust each other to exchange with each other, but have complete faith that the transaction is legitimate. Yeah. So when I sell something to you, Eric, and I pay with 10 Emerge coins or 10 Bitcoins, I guess, you can have complete faith that those coins actually went to you. I didn't just make 10 Bitcoins and send them to you. I have no way to double spend these Bitcoins. And there, it is true there's some very extreme scenarios where I guess this could happen. 
But right now, for all reasonable scenarios that we understand, it doesn't seem like it's possible to make more Bitcoins other than through mining and things like that. So suddenly the world now had this hard money. Remember, we talked about hard money is money that's hard to reproduce and actually impossible to produce more than the prescribed amount and overcame a lot of the challenges with the whole gold system where we had to clear things physically at some point or trust central authorities. There's no central authority required in that system that we have to trust. I don't have to trust whoever's holding the gold in a vault. I don't have to trust someone who's shipping gold from one part of the world to the other. I don't have to trust a government to not make more of it because none of that's possible. Now, it's a new technology. There's a lot of volatility. There's still a lot that you and I don't understand, Eric. And I think there's a lot that's the market and the world (laughs) doesn't understand yet. But it's a fascinating new place that we're going as a civilization where we now have this ability that we didn't yeah. before. Well, and if you look at it, to me, all of this was born out of a necessity or an observation that the existing mechanisms that were in place for the three fundamental aspects of money, which is to be a medium of exchange, to be a unit of measure, and to be a store of value, that fundamentally there continues to be inherent issues or challenges with the way that it's managed today. And so this is another new advancement, if you will, born out of that fundamental issue that we have or challenge with money today. And the problems of money today are fundamentally not different than the problems of money in years past, but the manipulation and the other things that have gone into play through centralized control of the making and distribution of money, that over time, the more centralized that control is, the more likely for manipulation, the more likely for taking advantage, and the more likely that at some point in time, the value of that or the trust in that goes away or diminishes. And so when that happens, we have to find a new alternative. And that is really what is happening fundamentally today in the crypto side of things. Right. Now, I think you and I can both agree that when new alternatives come into play, if not properly designed and managed or well-intentioned, you can get into the same problems or worse problems <laughs> than what this right. was trying to solve in the first place. And I think right. some of the blow-up in the crypto markets, particularly lately, have come out of that very issue. I mean, the fundamental problems of humanity and greed and other things that come into play are just available for us right before our eyes in the development of this this new form of money. But that doesn't mean necessarily that this new and evolving form of money is bad fundamentally. Right. Right. And that's what it's on all of us is to dig more into that and understand that more because it is a new form. It has some unique opportunities to resolve some of the inherent problems that we've seen time and time again throughout history of the centralized control of that. However, it also lends itself to new opportunities for greed and speculation and other things that money is not meant to be part of. 
And so we have to be careful not to just jump in. Absolutely. Full force. Right. And so as the landscape today, we just had a major, what do you call it? Fiasco, blow up, meltdown with one group that did a lot of crypto trading, pretty much as, as we understand it today. It was an enormous Ponzi scheme. And so I think maybe the first caution we can throw out there is that I certainly think, Eric, that there's lots of problems with that. FTX sure. is the, yeah. the thing yeah. I'm referring to, right? And I don't know all the details. I don't know if anyone knows all the details, but we know there was a problem, oh, big problem. It'll right? be it'll be coming. Yeah. It'll be coming out. And I think it's it's what's going to come out in the case of this. Fundamentally, this is not a crypto issue. Fundamentally, this is an intermediary who was involved right. in the exchange of crypto, mm-hmm. and that's where the problem is, right. which. Oftentimes, that is where the fundamental problems are, is on the intermediaries who are controlling the exchange. Right. When you have a need for a trusted party, and that party we think is trustworthy but is not, right? whatever it may be, we've got problems. And got this problems. is what happened here. Right. So, so I think for somebody, I th- what I don't want to do is have a lot of business owners hear about that and say, oh, well, therefore, all cryptocurrency is garbage, and I just need to no. shut that off. Not right? at all. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I think this is going to kind of be a lead into our next episode where we're going to try to get into some more practical applications. We've been talking about theory for three episodes now is to really think about, okay, when your buddy calls you up and say, hey, there's a new cryptocurrency, man, you got to put your money in this thing. If this thing is going to the moon, you're going to be so rich, you know, put your money into that thing. That is not the reason to start learning about this stuff. You're effectively gambling at that point. Right. And maybe a slight step above gambling, maybe it's speculating, but it's, this is not investment. You might win, you might lose, you'll probably lose, but you might win, but that's not good enough for me. And I don't recommend that. And so where's humanity going to go with this? We don't know, it's a, but it's an exciting thing to watch and be part of. Right now, Bitcoin is still the dominant cryptocurrency out there, but it's lost a lot of its, it's still the dominant, but it's not as dominant as it used to be. Is it going to win out as the standard? We don't know. Time will tell. Is something else going to come along that even maybe solves a couple of the limitations of Bitcoin? We don't know. Possibly. But we certainly want to start watching. And because, like, as we said at the beginning of these three episodes, we're very confident in is this is going to change how business is done. And I think probably sooner than later. So with our next episode, folks, we're going to dive now into some practical applications. Because if you've been listening for three episodes saying, guys, you just tell me about this thing. It doesn't really apply. I make shirts. Right. And I sell them to people who walk past my shop. Why do I care about this? Yeah, well, and they, and they pay me by either cash or credit yeah. uh, or PayPal. And, or, you know, and I don't care what it is. I just know whatever they pay me with, I can then use it and feed my family and I'm happy. Right. That's good. But let's be in the forefront of maybe some changes. So we'll talk about that here next episode. Looking forward to it. 